Welcome to Brain Pain, where we discuss everything psychology. Seeking help. Since I've received my master's degree, it seems like a lot of my conversations end up being about seeking help for mental health issues. I was surprised because I would expect people to ask about very specific mental health issues, uh, mental well-being, hygiene, things like this. Uh, but that's not what I get. A lot of it, well, I said that's not what I get. That's not really true. I do get those questions. We do get those discussions. But a lot of what I get is basically people that seem to be seeking permission to seek help. I find that a little disturbing, but I also find a little sad that people are so hesitant to get help even if it's just to rule it out. Of course, all my personal examples are anecdotal. They're not the result of some uh, professional scientific study. They're just things that I've experienced. And it may just be the people that I end up talking to or spending time with. I don't know. Because that's always a possibility. But it seems pretty common. So I thought I'd talk about it today. I have always encouraged people who listen to my podcast to seek help if you need help or you think you need help and to encourage others to do the same if they're in a bad place or if they just need some help. It shouldn't even have to be like a bad place. The sources I'm going to cite for part of my podcast today uh, come from a couple different locations. And I would encourage you to look these up. I specifically chose these because they're easily accessible from the internet by anyone. I've read a lot of studies that are behind paywalls during school, right? So you'd have to pay, you know, $20 or $8 or $35 or you get the idea. You'd have to pay money to get these studies and read them. But the ones I'm specifically going to mention today I will uh, put it in the description of the podcast, and I will also talk about where you can find most of these. The two locations, the first one is the National Center for Biotechnology Information. It's NCBI, and I believe it's ncbi.org. I was going to pull it up on my computer while I was talking about it, but my internet is down. The entire city has no internet. So that's pretty exciting. Let's hope it doesn't lead to a delay in me posting. Uh, The other is the American Psychiatric Association. If you go to these two websites, you can research a ton of studies for free. Um, In the world of psychology, just like any other medicine, you want to make sure that you check what the newest uh, studies are saying. But reading the historical or the older uh, studies is not bad. It's just that there are things that are discovered, obviously, as people try to move things forward. So I often will read some of the older studies and some of the newer studies simply because newer studies are typically based on older studies. So if you want to really understand the background, sometimes you have to go read older studies. So the idea for this topic originally came when I was for, 
I can't even tell you how many times I've had a similar conversation, but I'd had conversations, as I said, with many people, but there was an individual at work that asked me after we were having a big meeting, if I had a second, and I said, sure. And he pulled me aside and he wanted to discuss his daughter's issues and if I had any recommendations. Um, his daughter, like so many, are dealing with anxiety and depression. And specifically, since COVID kind of locked down the United States. And there's a whole lot to unpack there, which... I'm not going to go into the greatest of details because it, it just comes down to you're a teenager, their formative years, there are a lot of things that happen in those years that are very important to your development. And part of that is social. A big part of it is social. And not having access to what you know teenagers typically have for a social life in the United States means that a lot more depression, um, suicidal ideation, um, anxiety develops because you're not partake you're not participating in a normal, what we would consider a normal uh, routine. No surprise there, right? We've all had to deal with it one way or another. But this conversation led to him making an offhanded comment about personal issues he was facing himself. And he was a good sized guy. Uh, participates in, um, well, before COVID, he would participate in uh, group sports as an adult and, you know, just a, an amateur league, just get together and play volleyball or I think he said he played volleyball and softball. And he hadn't been able to do it for the last year. And so he's kind of like a, a stereotype. If you use a stereotype, it would be that manly man kind of guy. Nice guy, not toxic in any way, just, you know, really, you know, out doing stuff, active. And he said, you know, I maintained exercise and I was active outdoors and all these things. But he said, I've always dealt with some things that basically sounded, sound a little bit like PTSD to me, sound a little bit like maybe just, um, you know, depressive disorder. But, you know, I can't diagnose that. It's just, there's some of the things there that, uh, would make you think these things. And so I asked him just casually, I said, well, you've talked about getting your daughter help. Have, have you gone to seek any help? And he just kind of looked at me and he said, well, I kind of look at that like, like a crutch. I thought about it for about, I don't know, maybe two seconds before I said, well, if you broke your leg, what would you use? And he kind of smiles, he goes, a crutch. I said, so a crutch, if you use it properly, is a tool to get better. And we went on from there, which I'll, I'll go into that more in a little bit. But the idea that because, and I'm not the first person to say this, but the idea that we don't seek help to heal because we can't see the wound is ridiculous. It's no different in my mind than someone who is fighting a sinus infection, a you know cancer. You can't see those. You can see 
the results of those, you can see outward symbols that something's not right. Just like with mental health. But let's talk about these barriers that people face when they talk about seeking help for you know, mental health issues. So I'm going to refer, first of all, to a paper uh, from the National Center for Biotechnology Information uh, Towards Understanding Mental Illness, Stigma, a Social Identity Problem. That's the whole name of the paper. It's by Click, Williams, and Reynolds, and that should be able to get you the, the study if you want to see it. But what they say is um, one of the big things is admitting and identifying um, as having mental illness being the first step to getting help. The likelihood of you seeking help once you admit that you have a problem is much higher. There's, you know, memes on the internet. There's people who say it all the time. The first step to, is to admit you have a problem as a joke. But it's true, right? It, it, it originates from a true place. If I don't admit that I have an issue, then I'm not going to seek help for it because I don't have an issue, do I? No, no, I can, you know, just blame that on something else. And so that's hard to admit that we're not invulnerable. It causes a number of things. Number one, it causes a, uh, it makes us deal with our own mortality. We're not invincible if we admit we have a problem. Whether it's, uh, I can't pick up as much weight as I used to, I can't run as far as I used to, I can't do things I used to do, a lot of times we end up changing our lifestyle so that we don't do those things and it's just not part of what we do so that we don't have to face the fact that we can't do them. And in some cases, uh, that's very harmful. Specifically, like everyone who knows me knows that um, I've been on a, an, an attempt to improve my health. So I'm working out, I'm trying to eat right. I do better at working out than I do at eating right sometimes, most of the time. But in all reality, the thing that started me working out and trying to improve my health is standing in front of a mirror and looking at myself and being honest and saying, you used to be able to do a number of things that you can't do. This is a problem and I have to address it. Now, with mental health, that gets a little tricky, specifically depending on um, the more advanced and more severe mental health issues some people face. Some of the mental health issues that people deal with, they don't believe they have a problem, and that's part of the problem. It's part of what feeds into the mental health issue, is that you don't believe there's a problem. You actually believe things that aren't true and, you know, psychosis of number types. That people believe that, you know, when you, when you talk about schizophrenia, for example, where people believe somebody's after them or, uh, you know, in a paranoid schizophrenic uh, situation, they don't believe there's anything wrong. They just believe somebody's out to get them. So I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is someone who goes, it's really hard for me to get out of bed. It's really hard for me to get to sleep. I just don't feel like life is good. I don't feel any hope. 
right? And which are typically depressed, depressive disorders, um, or even just going through a bad time in life. It doesn't matter. We try to ignore these things because, oh, I'm just tired because I, I just, I'm not sleeping well. Now that could be, you know, very well a physical disorder, but it could be a mental disorder as well, or a mental challenge if you would prefer. So the thing with all of that is, it's sometimes difficult for us to admit to ourselves there's a problem just to begin with. And some of that ties into the stigmas about either even being sick, but specifically having mental health issues. There's a paper on the American Psychiatric Association, Stigma, Prejudice, and Discrimination, that covers a lot of these issues that people face. So basically there's three kinds of either, you can call them discrimination or you can call them stigmas, but it comes down to you have things that you believe as an individual, you have the public belief or what you believe the public belief is, and institutional. Let's talk about self. Denial, which I've just covered, it's it's very common. We don't want to admit that we have a problem. We don't want to admit that anything is wrong. Right? And we may have uh, cultural stigmas tied to that in our own reflection of ourself, which comes into the institutional, but these all really tie together. So we have religious beliefs that we've, especially if we've chosen, that tell us, hey, you don't need man to help you. You you know, this will come from some other source. It's what it is. It's the way it's supposed to be. Whatever. These things are uh, internal to oneself. We have the public, which ties into a lot of things about people talking about crazy people, right? Oh, they're insane or they're, they're crazy or they're not... They're not valuable as human beings because they're crazy. And you'll see this specifically when you're talking about, um, I would say, pre-25-ish age people. That's not an absolute. That's just a very broad generalization. But you'll see that. I also see it in you know older generations where people go, oh, they're just crazy. And, and they just grumble on, you know, get off my lawn kind of thing. But even if they're saying it half-heartedly, the idea for someone who is struggling really sticks. And then there's institutional. Okay, so we have laws uh, constantly about people who've had mental illness, what can and can't be done. These are kind of a nebulous thing for most of us. We Most of us don't know what the laws are. And they vary from state to state on the real specifics. But the other part of this institutional thing is the idea that hey, if I'm ever diagnosed uh, with a mental health issue, I won't be able to get a job. I won't be able to feed myself if I admit that I have a problem. And that's a shame because certainly there are mental health issues that will keep people from working in specific fields. It's the nature of uh, what it is. But the fact that you think that, hey, this could keep me from having a job at all. It could uh, push me out of an organization that I like to belong to. It could, um, any number of things. But that's the institutional aspect. 
So you take all this together and what does it come down to? It's really just going, hey, if I have a mental illness, it makes the whole world even worse than it is already. It makes the whole world, it, it takes any hope, any, any, I already don't have hope. And if I admit I have a mental illness or I'm diagnosed with a mental illness, it guarantees there's no hope is often how it's viewed. Now, this isn't true for most people. I'm not going to say it's never true. I'm just going to say that it's really just something that has to be overcome because the whole idea of developing hope and and living a fulfilling life, you may need to seek help. And stop and think for a minute about what it would be like if you're single, you've gone through some mental health issues, and at some point you're dating someone, you really like them, and this is going to have to come out. Oh, well, I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. Or I'm taking anti-anxiety medicine. Well, it makes us feel less competent, less valuable. And that's a hard one to shake. And it's a hard one to tell people, no, no, it won't make any difference at all. Because I can't tell you what the person you might end up dating will think. I don't know what their prejudice is. I don't know what their bias is. And I'm not going to lie to you about it. I'm not going to say, oh, no, it'll be fine. The person you like will be okay with it because I don't know. (laughs) But the truth is that we can, you know, have all these theories about, oh, well, then they weren't the person for you, et cetera, et cetera. I, I'm not worried about that. What I'm worried about is the fact that the pot, that it's a possibility and a person may not seek help because it becomes a possibility. Now, the reality is you date that person and you didn't get help. Chances are whatever you're dealing with, whatever that mental health issue is, will fester and cause a problem within that same situation Anyway, it just might be further down the road or it might prevent you from ever meeting that person. My my thought is let's focus on trying to live a fulfilling life and the people that should be in your life will show up. That's my opinion, but not everybody feels that way. Not everybody feels they can be who they are to begin with, let alone if they have a mental illness. Now, we're not going to change everybody in society overnight. We may not change everybody. We're not going to change everybody in society anyway. There are always going to be people who think what they want to think. Be it justified or not, we see it all the time. But we need to encourage those that we care about and those that we know that, hey, go get help. I'm still here. I support you in going getting help. That's That's really about the best that we can do. One of the things you'll see is that people who do have um, specific mental disorders, mental challenges, uh, mental health issues, 
and one of the upsides of social media is that there are support groups online that often you can enter somewhat anonymously if not completely so and see that there's a support group there are other people going through it you're not the first one um, they can tell you the good the bad and the ugly and I encourage you to check that out check those out there are several studies that I've read and I, I'm not citing any one specific one here because I've read them throughout my uh, adventure into a doctorate level degree but there are a lot of cultures there are a lot of cultures in the United States that have a huge stigma on mental health and I mean more so than just the generic general population um, a lot of these cultures are uh, ethnic minorities and a lot of these cultures come from specific religious uh, groups and if you look it up you can find you can find all this uh, probably in the ncbi.org um, website some of that is rooted in long-standing tradition like long-standing tradition pre-1800s types of things things that were passed down and believed because it was how you kept your community safe when what was going on in the mind wasn't really understood so I don't have you know like the answer on how to get people to accept that they need help and to push through and try and get help what I do have are some suggestions that seem to have worked with the gentleman that I mentioned earlier when we were talking about his daughter and then him and I pointed out to him I said well I, I just want to point out a few things number one you play sports and he agreed that he did and then he enjoyed them and I said do you have a team captain well of course I said do you have a coach and he said well in softball we actually have a coach in volleyball we have a captain that kind of acts as a coach as well and I said so does that coach or captain make the team better and he kind of chuckled and said yeah so going to a therapist it's just like going to a health coach or a baseball coach or a batting coach if your batting sucks you go to a batting coach right you need a coach to help you through some things and help you figure out what you're doing wrong and what you're doing right and how to improve your situation and make your life better in the case of sports it's make your life better by playing better but in the case of mental health a therapist will help you make your life better so go get a coach I asked him if he ever watched you know movies with heroes in them you know, archetypes and he said oh of course read a lot how many times does a hero in a story just go in and win everything without any help without ever being trained without any coaching they just walk in and they're awesome and they just you know they win all the fights and battles and struggles without any effort without anybody else helping them and he thought about it for a while and he said well I don't really can't really recall any I said because the stories we love the most there's usually a team behind the hero 
yeah, the hero does some things that maybe nobody else can do. Maybe nobody else has the skill set, the drive, the whatever. But the truth is they have a support team. They have the wise one that leads the way. They have the person who nudges them in the right direction. The person that helps them change their viewpoint. Go get one of those coaches. Go get one of those wise people. Go get somebody to help you be the best you you can be. Most people, and I won't say all, but most people who've learned to play the piano or the guitar or any instrument who had a teacher. We learn to read. We go to school. We have teachers. They're really just coaches. They're really just people to help you master something. That's what a therapist is. Stop looking at it as someone to treat you for an illness. Look at it as someone to help you be the best you that you can be. And hopefully, that paradigm shift will allow you to seek help if you need it. Or if you're talking to someone that is struggling, maybe that paradigm shift will help them. Now also, this is anecdotal, but the handful of people I know in the last five years who have finally admitted they have a problem, they finally get a diagnosis of a problem after all the stigma and fighting all the reservations and, and denial and everything else, every single one of them has told me, I feel relieved. Well, of course you do. You now can act on something. It's not nebulous. It's not unknown. The unknown is much scarier than having a path and having a plan and knowing what's happening, at least in most cases. So I'd encourage anyone to try and change that, that viewpoint on mental health and try and encourage others to do the same, right? It's a small thing, but I think it would make the world a little bit of a better place. It's my opinion. Maybe somebody out there has an even better idea. And if you do, I'd like to hear from you. You let me know. You can always email me at john at brainpain.us. That's J-O-H-N at brainpain.us. And I'd like to hear your opinion on it. Well, that's all I've got for today. Before I go, I'm going to remind you that I love you. Take care of yourself. Oh, my God.